episode 94 of Strange Brow Radio. My name is Tobe Johnson and I'm your host. And today we are headed back to some familiar territory. I'm speaking about the Al Moon, the Al Moon territory. Not only the Al Moon Lab, to which I have an audiobook available at patreon.com forward slash Strange Brow Radio, an audio experience, a shared paranormal audio experience. But we're also going back to the Owl Moon Altar, where I live now. And I have some sounds, sounds that maybe, well, I most definitely have not played some of these sounds. And, well, most of these sounds will be new. Strange, mysterious sounds. Unexplained sounds. I'll explain more here in a second. We'll be right back. Alright, so we are going into some familiar territory, some familiar real estate. Real estate no longer, well, unfortunately, under my specific jurisdiction down in Oregon at the Al Moon Lab, but the the recordings that we have uh, largely are most well known in the audiobook that is available again at patreon.com forward slash strange brow radio and there you will find the audiobook uh, has not only the story of what the Al Moon Lab is but the audio that was included in there so it's an immersive experience that tells the story of the supernatural paranormal Bigfoot UFO ghosty hotspot and with over 1,200 hours worth of audio, you get a sampling in the audiobook of the type of bonkersness that was hap- bonkersness is that a word? Craziness that was happening there and still is, at least in the woods behind it. However, because of the documentary and because we'll be filming down there um, relatively soon, uh, I'm trying to unearth some new audio uh, to put within the context of this doc. And there is stuff that I hadn't even heard before. Audio, well, there's lots of audio that I haven't heard before because the old property owner still has uh, hundreds of hours, if not more, that we haven't even downloaded yet. So this is going to be uh, a new experience for you and me together. And it should be a lot of fun to... uh, put all these little puzzle pieces together one by one and and you may hear uh, I know at least on one occasion there's going to be a sound that uh, you have heard once or twice but these are extended clips of those raw, Uh, most of these sounds if not all of them are totally unedited, Uh, they haven't been enhanced, there has been no cleaning up of most of these sounds and I'll let you know if there is uh, that along the way but also we're going to the Al Moon altar which is a whole different spot where I live now Oregon is where I was before now we're in uh, the Olympic Peninsula here in Washington and the the Al Moon altar has a uh, specific signature sound all its own and I'll explain what I mean by that and of course how it's got how it got its name so let's get started let's go back to 2018 and uh, briefly just touch upon what the Al Moon Lab is and was and how it started, and then we'll go forward from there. 
So just to catch people up, if you let's just say this is episode number one for you and you're just checking out what the heck's going on with Strange Brow Radio. Uh, for about 15 years in search of, I was following up on what I called extended experiencers of the supernatural and Sasquatch interaction. People that quite literally claimed and turned out most did had supernatural elements right there in their backyard. In this case, I'm counting Sasquatch in that category of the supernatural. So, for 15 years, that was the pursuit, and then in 2018, came upon Daryl Adams in a small farmhouse out London, Oregon, near Cottage Grove, Oregon, in the Umpqua Forest. And before we knew it, Daryl and I uh, had really clicked. I wasn't too far from where he lived, he uh, had recently retired, and the last thing I ever expected was that he was living in a uh, extreme hot spot of supernatural uh, activity. Not only that, but specifically Sasquatch-type activity. Of course, there was all this other stuff happening, too, and that's where you have to go and listen to the book at this point. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the origins and the beginnings here just for a second to talk about why the sounds are important. Because usually when people think of cryptid sounds, Sasquatch sounds, they think of typical whoops, hollers, moans, things of that nature. But uh, in our case, it didn't start out that way at all. In fact, we just thought the house was haunted. We quickly realized that it was uh, a whole host of things happening and that's where these sounds are really important here because I think if we clue into the smaller things maybe they will lead us to the bigger things and things did amp up auditorily speaking as we recorded audio and so with uh, Daryl and his parabolic and me and my uh, DR05 task cam recorder uh, we walked away with some really interesting stuff. And it all started with taps, knocks, clicks, booms, hits. What we thought was typical Sasquatch behavior of something throwing or slapping the walls of the house, the trailer, the shop. But we didn't hear anything hit the ground. So we, we quickly learned that... The hit sounds, the tap sounds on the house weren't traditional rock-throwing, suspected rock-throwing traits of of something like a Sasquatch, or, or even a human, uh, for that matter, or anybody throwing anything. And so I'm going to give you a little clip of what I'm talking about with these small little hit pop sounds, and we'll go from there. So just as I said, very unassuming hit slap sounds that we ruled out, uh, all sorts of things. It wasn't fruit falling from a tree, it wasn't limbs, it wasn't anything that we could explain readily. Um, we were willing to give it a chance, but the amount of sounds, given the fact of where the recorder was, was just very odd. And so we waited and studied, and that's when the sounds got... Uh, well, there was a variety to the types of hits and slap sounds, so we even heard what sounded like wood banging inside one of the carports. So let's play that. 
All right, so not very impressive. It is the sound of anything at all. I mean, it could be a bird hitting the wall. It could be heat expanding, folding, uh, shrinking on the metal siding. It could be a prankster. All these things are a possibility, but we wouldn't have been recording so much if there wasn't a good reason for it. It wasn't to hear the potential of something knocking and hitting the side of the wall. Uh, there was a lot going on at that point, uh, a lot of physical evidence, including handprints, footprints, knee impressions, uh, sightings, uh, especially sightings and descriptions of Sasquatch and UFOs. And this is old Native American uh, land, especially uh, connected south to it on the creek bed in the Kalapuya River. And so... With the amount of things showing up on the property or being moved, not only on the outside of the property, but being moved inside the house, gifts showing up in strange spots in locked houses. Um, if it was a prankster, they had a, a really big pair because everybody on this, you know, uh, old country road for certain had a gun with them and a spurt, uh, certainly in this house. So uh, very strange to think that that would be happening. So we were basically trying to catch whoever or whatever was not only leaving all these things, but making these sounds, and that's when we caught the stranger sounds. So let me set the stage here for strange sounds, uh, which this one is very strange, and it's hard not to call it a purr or a wet purr. In fact, if I look at the sound file here, it is uh, called the Predator Purr. And with all of the descriptions of Sasquatch cloaking like the Predator, it's very odd to hear something that reminds me of the Arnold Schwarzenegger 80s movie with Jesse the Body Ventura. And, uh, and here's something that kind of reminds me of uh, that clickety, wet, purrish sound that the predator made, but um, that's what you're about to hear. Now, it is recorded inside of a locked shop, you know, a, a two-door garage large shop. And within that shop, we would leave a recorder, my recorder in particular. Um, so this is one of those sounds uh, that we cannot explain in that shop. And I'm just going to play it here. Okay, so you can't really, I can't at least, uh, help but kind of think of something insect-like happening there, the mandible of something moving back and forth. I mean, the theater of the mind is, is very difficult for me to ignore, uh, especially since I was there uh, living amongst all the craziness. So what that was... Uh, we don't know. We never found any uh, sign of uh, anything that looked like a, a giant, um, you know, a praying mantis or anything like that. But 
you got to wonder. Uh, let's listen to that last little part of the sound there where it really starts clicking around. I mean, to me, it's, I hear language it's at the end. I, I know that sounds crazy, uh, but I, I, I feel like I hear language within all that uh, sci-fi-ness. Um, just a, an incredible piece of audio that I, I, I ask you to come look at and help me understand what we have here. Now, maybe it wasn't inside the shop. Maybe it was outside the shop. But again... You know, this place is covered with gravel and there is no sound of anything approaching with these very sensitive microphones on this gravel drive. So how is that possible? Well, maybe it's flying. I, I, I don't know um, if that is uh, something that you know, is that if that's a strange mating call that I haven't heard before. And please don't let that be a mating call. <laughs> Um, then let me know. Uh, just a, a very strange sound. And so that was the weird, wet, purish, clickety sound that I think is reminiscent of the Predator myself. All right, the next sound you're about to hear has to do with the camper. Now, the camper was parked next to a artesian spring, which may be important. I'm not quite sure. Underneath a, a tree, I don't remember the variety of tree, and surrounded by gravel, the gravel driveway, and blackberry bushes. And what I would do is often leave the recorder in one of these hot zones. Now, when the awning was out, uh, which was m most of the time, if not all the time while I, I was there, there would be gifts left on top of this awning, which I believe is over seven and a half feet tall, if I remember correctly. Things like uh, carnelian stones, palo santo wood, uh, a rifle casing, small rocks, just uh, an inundation of, of things left on top of this, including under the, the awning itself were gifts like bobbers and walking sticks and weird things carved into the gravel. So I was understandably curious about who was leaving all these gifts, which I was suspected was maybe not only just a Sasquatch, but something more. And... So I was into catching as much audio as I could of whatever was approaching the camper. Now, this night, I had no idea anything was just outside my door. The recorder must have just been going, if I remember correctly, sitting in one of the rails of the awning. And so what you're going to hear is me unassumingly getting ready for work at 1 in the morning there approximately and uh, wiping the uh, sleep from my eyes. <laughs> And the whole time, uh, totally unaware of what's going on, only a couple feet uh, away from me here. So what you're about to hear is, is someone uh, that uh, knows that I may be on the jump on them soon and runs away on two legs.
so it's it's hard for me to hear anything other than someone dashing away on the gravel on two legs. I, I just don't hear the cadence of an ungulate or a dog or anything like that. So um, let's listen to that part again when it runs away. So I, I think I found that uh, the next morning. In fact, looking at the timestamp here, it was 11.49 p.m. So I, I must have had to be to work by 12.30 or something like that. 2018, that, uh, that sound was recorded. So let's see here. What do we have next? Okay, the next sound we're going to play is what I would call an EVP. There's really nothing else to call it. Uh, this sound I don't believe has ever been played uh, before, if it has, uh, we're going to go over it again briefly, but this is the sound of something inside this locked shop near where the trailer was parked. And again, we'd leave the recorder in there like we caught with the weird wet predator purr. And this was a sound that just appeared uh, on the recorder like so many of them. You're about to hear the sound of what sounds like a male uh, certainly a male voice. Certainly you will hear language. Uh, there are words in there, and I do not know what language this is, but it's hard not to hear Native American. So let me play you this uh, EVP from the Al Moon Lab, 2019. <laughs> Well, it's it's hard to miss that one. What's interesting about it, well, not only the fact that it exists at all, but nobody's transcribed it, and it has that synthesized echo quality to it, which, uh, if you're familiar with uh, the Mystery Lady sounds that I have in my book, which I will play again in its entirety for this episode, uh, we'll definitely talk about that, the synthesized echo quality to that now is that because it's manifesting in the shop and it's the metal sound of the shop? Or is it because of the realm that they're in and the, what it takes to manifest a sound like that? I don't know. Um, EVPs like that are extremely rare, but um, it's hard not to call that an EVP, just given the fact of what it took to get in on this property. I mean, I just played the sound of you, somebody walking up to the property there. You heard the sound of gravel. Uh, so uh, occasionally things obviously were caught walking on the gravel. In this case, there was just no way to do it. I mean, not given where things were located. We just had too many things set out to uh, catch all that. So I think that's the the real deal. And of course, with any of these sounds here, if you know what you've heard, uh, I'd love to speak with you and, and, and talk to you even privately. And you can always do that at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Okay, the next sound you're about to hear is a classical, well, I guess, coo, or uh, it sounds like an infant close to uh, the recorder. And if I remember correctly here, it is with the parabolic. And is it possible that what you're about to hear is talking about the dog? 
It could be the dog, uh, Daryl's dog, his little tiny Australian miniature Australian Shepherd, is a cute little dog, likes to pee all the time. Uh, his name was Izzy. His name is Izzy. He's still alive. And so Izzy uh, would play in the backyard and run back and forth and just loads of energy. But it's possible that uh, there is a little voice here coming up that uh, to the back fence and and communicating maybe with the dog. I, I think I might hear the word Izzy. And we found dog toys that didn't belong to Izzy in this uh, fence. As though somebody was throwing used dog toys and giving them to the dog. So maybe that uh, something befriended it. I don't know. You make up your own mind. Here's the uh, mysterious voice from the uh, backyard at uh, O-Dark 30. So are they saying there's Izzy? I, I wouldn't call that an EVP. That sounds like something uh, coming up to the uh, microphone through the apple orchard. Uh, the parabolic would be sitting out facing the hillside where the abandoned apple orchard was. And given the nature of uh, what we found when, in the way of dog toys and stuff like that, I, I think that might be language from uh, some somebody that liked to visit. Now, am I going to say all these are Sasquatch sounds? No. But um, I'll definitely play some sounds for you that uh, remind me of Sasquatch for sure. The next sound you're about to hear, uh, again, is from this apple orchard, this abandoned field that goes up into the Umpqua wilderness. And the sound you're about to hear is looped. And it was looped by David Ellis. Now, this is a traditional samurai chatter sound uh, language from probably a Sasquatch, I'm guessing. Not only will you hear what sounds like a male talking uh, far off in the distance in an unknown language, but then you will hear this percussive huff, almost like a percussive blast coming at you. And although the sound is far away, this blast hits you, uh, when, you when you hear it in a way that doesn't really make sense. Uh, I think it's part of what uh, Scott Taylor described as a terminal end of a sentence. Instead of just ending a thought or ending a phrase and just moving on to the next thought or phrase, you finalize it with an another thing kind of deal. So it's a way of basically putting your stamp on your thought. Uh, Scott Taylor calls it a, a terminal ending or a terminal phrase. And I think that's exactly what these percussive huffs are. Consequently, if you go to uh, patreon.com forward slash strangebrow radio uh, and become a $3 member, there is a really good uh, conversation, uh, like a two-hour conversation, with Scott Nelson, cryptolinguist, uh, colleague of Ron Moorhead and I, all talking about uh, quantum Bigfoot language. So you want to listen to that. But... I also have to give big kudos to Dave Ellis for cleaning up this sound here. So let's uh, listen to this percussive language of an unknown origin. (laughs) 
Now, when I think of traditional samurai chat or Sierra Sound Ron Moret style, um, that's what I think of. I mean, it, it's very difficult to not hear the traditional language of uh, of Sasquatch doing what they do at uh, O-Dark 30 milling about in the Umpqua Forest near these extended experiencers' property. So, uh, again, that that's a really great capture on, on Daryl Adams' part with a parabolic. And if you ever get a chance to, to work or own a parabolic dish, um, just move on that offer and uh, start watching YouTube videos and downloading Audacity and go for it. Okay, what's up next here? So again, at the wee hours of the morning, late at night, uh, these EVPs or Sasquatch-type sounds would present themselves. And this is another one of those sounds. Um, on or near the shop, uh, you will hear a male voice uh, erupt. And what I'm leaving out here is the sound of something playing with uh, rocks next to the recorder where I have two magnets set out, and they are fumbling with the magnets. Something is fumbling with the magnets by the recorder. And then you're going to hear uh, a male speak here. And I'm not going to tell you what he says. I I think I kind of know, or I, I don't really know, but I, I think I can guess what he's saying. But it, maybe it's not. Maybe it's pareidolia of the ears. But it, it certainly is a male voice, and uh, I'll let you be the judge of what it's saying. Okay, so you must have caught that one. It's hard to miss. I don't know. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you what I think I hear it say, the voice say, the anomalous voice say. I hear very matter-of-factly, you home, just like you would if uh, you walked into the house to see if your wife or girlfriend was around. You home? Uh, now, again, could that be pareidolia of the ears? I don't know, but uh, definitely an anomalous anomalous sound from uh, the Al Moon lab. Okay, what else do we have in the coffers here? Oh, we can go to, well, let's play the flute response sound. Let me paint this picture. So shortly after I moved in, I was uh, showing Daryl the way of doing night walks. And if you don't know what a night walk is or a night sit, that's exactly what it sounds like. You get out and walk, uh, especially after, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock at night, which was kind of hard to keep him up that late. And as we were on one of our new night walks, uh, we were went down this relatively nice paved road towards uh, a creek, which came out of a spring. And we would end up seeing orbs rolling out of the trees literally disseminating in the middle of the road like a Scooby-Doo episode and there would just be a white orb rolling out of the trees about nine feet up in the air and then slowly disseminating in the road but on or near that area um, I had a little dollar store flute that I would bring with me and occasionally uh, make a, a sweet little merry tune out into the trees 
And, you know, Daryl thought it was a riot, I thought it was a riot, and I decided to throw the flute into the trees after playing it to see what would happen. Because we, I mean, you've heard the sounds, you know, that we played so far, but given all the physical things that had happened besides the sounds, something was happening. And so I... I'd thrown the flute into the forest, and in this recording, you're going to hear us walking away from where I'd thrown this flute. And as we're walking away, I want you to hear or listen for the sound of a flute being played. Okay, so I hope you heard that one. It uh, came in loud and clear on my end, but that was the same note that I had been playing on my flute as well. Now, hard to believe, uh, we would spend the summer hearing the sound of that note on a flute. Now, the flute, uh, I'm forgetting this detail, is kind of important. We immediately went back uh, and looked for the flute in the woods, and it was still there. So something was doing a mimic, or it had its own flute, and could it have been somebody, a farmer, that heard us playing the flute, playing the same note? Sure, I guess that's, that's one of the answers, but when you hear it all summer long, periodically, the same note coming out of the trees, the creek, <laughs> it turns into a, a different thing. I mean, you, you just get to know the weird behavior of the phenomena. Okay, the next sound I'm going to play is the sound of me coming home from work. Again, you're going to hear me uh, coming down the gravel drive in my Jeep. And as I'm getting ready to back into my usual spot, you're going to hear uh, an alert. Now, you, uh, you listen close, and uh, I'll be objective if you will, and uh, you tell me, what you hear as I'm backing into my spot at uh, probably 2 o'clock in the morning, if I remember correctly here, 2.30 in the morning.
Well, that could have been an owl. It could have been. It might have been an alert call from uh, an owl, a barred owl in particular. I don't think necessarily a, a great horned owl, but there were barred owls out there. But interesting timing of it. But uh, owls are smart, but they're also harbingers of some kind. But, uh, you know, I want to throw even the suspected natural sounds out there that are really cool. And that was one of the ones that uh, came back as possibly an owl alerting as I backed up. But there would be other sounds consequently of me coming home and wood knocks in the distance as I backed up and things of that nature. So I thought that was at least looking in, uh, worth looking into. Okay, next up, I don't even know how to categorize this this sound here. Now, if this is a known sound, I, I again, I'd love for you to get in touch with me and tell me what you're uh, hearing. Uh, this was caught with a parabolic mic, again, in the abandoned apple orchard facing the Umpqua Forest. And this is a moan of some kind. Here we go. Okay, so I have no idea what that is, man. That's that's a new one on me. Uh, Daryl is a as a hunter, an avid hunter, had no idea what that sound was. Uh, it has a very abrupt beginning and end. It is maybe a, a single tone, but slides down a little bit towards the end. And maybe there's some smaller noises in the background as well. Just a very odd sound uh, in a very strange place. All right, so the next sound has a little to do with a previous episode I did with Kevin Carney, who, uh, I believe it was two episodes back, the Sasquatch Rendezvous uh, conversation I had. Uh, oh, don't let me forget to promote that, SasquatchRendezvous.com. I'll be speaking uh, more about all these sounds on October 3rd and 4th. Get a ticket now at SasquatchRendezvous.com. While I was having a conversation with Sandy Nelson, the organizer of it, uh, the Sasquatch Rendezvous, her beloved Kevin Carney, who's also a Sasquatch enthusiast, recorded on his parabolic uh, what are known as uh, the Umatilla-type screams. And these sounds uh, I'm going to play next remind me of those sounds that Kevin caught. And so let's play these weird scream howls uh, that uh, I don't think it's a very long clip here but it was caught with a parabolic mic on or around uh, the summer of 2018 
Okay, so that one is uh, a, a real beauty. And we would hear that all the time. It would drive the dogs nuts. And we ruled out coyote. Um, we were pretty certain that anything did that, and it would do that for over 15, 20 minutes at times, just bay at the moon and howl like that in a way that uh, was so high-pitched. Uh, I, I just uh, I'd never heard anything like it before, but maybe it's a breed of dog that uh, <laughs> we don't know about. Um, but it, it reminded me of the Umatilla, Umatilla Screamers, the, the old one and the new one, the Kevin Carney uh, Umatilla Screamer. So the next one I'm going to play is an EVP from The Garage and, um, you know, an EVP from this crazy shop of ours. And I'm just going to play it for you. It, it sounds like a female voice to me, but listen for the hit sound that's within the voice. Now, almost just as important as the EVP or the voice itself is that knock or hit sound, which we caught so much of right before, during, or after we caught an EVP. And I only have a working theory that it, maybe I've expressed before that that is some kind of energy platform uh, passing through substrata, a paranormal shockwave bursting of some kind from another realm. That's a, a strong guess. I, I, I realize that, but, uh, you know, we didn't have a whole lot else to go on. So um, listen for those, those, those knock sounds, and, and I think they'll be worth your time investing in. Okay, again, a, uh, another sound recorded with the parabolic mic facing out towards the Umpqua National Forest, and it's an abandoned apple orchard. It is uh, animal sound of some kind. Uh, it doesn't really sound human to me. I, I don't know what animal this is. Again, if you know what these sounds are and can identify them, uh, I'd love to know. We, we have not been able to identify these sounds. So this is, uh, I don't even know how to categorize this next sound. Let's, let's play it. So, no idea. Get in touch with me if you have any clue at all what that is. Okay, this would be another EVP. And I'm jumping back and forth between EVPs and other mystery sounds, but why not? They're out of order anyway in my desktop here, so that's the way you're going to get them. Uh, this is uh, a female-sounding voice inside with uh, my recorder uh, near my trailer in this locked carport uh, shop so I'll play that three times for you but no idea what language this is no idea what she is saying I'm assuming she or it is a, a young lad alright here we go So again, very hard to miss. No idea what that is. I do not think that is a animal. That doesn't sound like a 
a mating call or a bugle, to me that sounds like human language. Uh, that sounds like it also had that uh, synthesized echo quality to it, which is that from uh, how they basically introduce themselves up into this world here and, and uh, have a conversation of sorts briefly with us. I, I don't know, but that sounds pretty ghostly to me and no accounting for how it got on our recorder. The last sound I'm going to leave you with is the sound of what we call these mystery ladies. And if you hadn't heard the story, um, after studying this place and living there and chronicling it and recording and collecting a bunch of uh, plaster knees and feet and handprints, and including these chalky white four-fingered alien-looking handprints and just on and on and having hair analyzed and eyewitnesses seeing stuff and UFOs and and uh, just all the madness, the weirdness of the El Moon Lab. On the last night, uh, which I believe was on uh, September 3rd, I uh, woke up around 11.30 at night to find a woven piece of string uh, sitting next to my recorder. And as I grabbed my recorder, now I'm skipping this part here just because of time, but um, we were sleeping out in this carport at this point, kind of as a farewell to summer. And so you're going to hear, not me discover this piece of woven rope that I find on top of my recorder at 11.30 at night, which we have no idea how it got there, but you're going to hear me and the property owner um, sleeping before I discover this, this woven rope. And you'll hear either both of us snore or one of us snore, and then you're going to hear these voices. Now, I played these mystery women sounds before for one, two, three different crypto-linguists, including Scott Nelson. Nobody knows what language this is. Nobody has any clue uh, what language this is. I, I can't get anybody to identify it. Uh, Canadian uh, crypto-linguists uh, that worked on and off, I believe, with uh, Les Stroud, even listened to it, N no idea. So what do we have here? Well, your guess is as good as mine. And if you know, even better. But I've never played the sound unedited. Uh, so you're going to hear the whole process of it being recorded. And again, a secure area surrounded by gravel in this shop. Not locked at this point because we're sleeping in it. All the doors are open. And um, so... Without further ado, um, never played before, not even in the book, are the uh, unedited, long, extended version of the Mystery Ladies.
Okay, a untranscribable language from, I believe, three mystery women, three separate women all congregating from another world or realm, and the hit or pop sound, I think, is indicative of them coming in from another realm, and uh, you'll hear that time and time again throughout these recordings, and I encourage you to listen for them on your own. Now, that was the conclusion here. We've uh, gone close to 50 minutes of sounds, and it's leading to the place I am now, the Al Moon Altar. Now, it got its name because there was a communication of sorts between these two properties. We were getting apportations, gifts mainly taken from my place of residence here in Washington and being found at the property in Oregon. Those would be the apports of, of very familiar items. But also there was similar activity that hadn't happened here before. Now, this was already a hot spot before I moved into it, but once you get to know the phenomena, it gets to know you and tips its hat back at you. So whatever had happened in Oregon, everything you just heard had either followed me or... Um, makes the occasional visit, I guess, is the best way to say it. So I've been trying to... Um, first of all, the energy here is totally different than the energy in Oregon. Uh, if I were to try to explain how the energy is different, well, it's less. That's one way to put it. But man, when it happens, it's just as powerful. Gifts uh, being taken and placed inside the house giant stones found on bookshelves that don't belong to us. Um, just really interesting stuff. So I was trying to figure out how to introduce the Al Moon altar to the public besides posting on Facebook. But let me just tell you that this is a Bigfoot hotspot. We, we have guests over here and they uh, hear what we hear at night and um, the, the howls are very similar to the howls and the screams and the, everything that you've just heard for the last almost hour with me. But I want to go back to my trailer because I, I kept this 16-foot trailer. In fact, it's our pantry and it's a guest house and it's where I keep all my production equipment. And so it's it's still here. And I thought, well, you know, it's been a year. I Maybe I should put the recorder back on or around the camper like I used to to see well, what's coming around, if anything. Because I never find any gifts over there. Um, nothing's ever left by the camper. So I just kind of assumed it was not interested in it. But there is activity in or around the camper, including these hit sounds. Now, I was trying to figure out how to uh, put a, a sound file together on SoundCloud. So... I wanted to give, um, I guess, a sort of a gimmick to understanding that these sounds or hits or smacks uh, to houses or to buildings um, have a face to them. So I bought these two ridiculous Goodwill dolls that I called Helda and Bobby, and they're creepy. They just look like they're right out of a horror movie. And um, they were on sale, okay? <laughs> and so I, I took these dolls and I created a story, a, 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 a fictional story, and I introduced it as such. But 
the idea was that if I could put these two dolls in this trailer, maybe I could tell the story of Held and Bobby causing these sounds to happen. And, well, let me just play you the, some of the sounds that I've caught inside this trailer on or near these dolls, which have nothing to do with why these sounds erupt and probably everything to do with the sounds that you just heard for the last 50 minutes here. So, from the Al Moon Altar, introductory to the sounds here. So again, those are all clips uh, put together uh, over certain days out of those 30 days. I just picked the ones that struck me most. Now, I think those were actually uh, less than a week old now that I'm recalling that. And if you listen to those clips again, uh, you'll hear the sound of a whistle, a disembodied whistle. So most of the sounds were hits, smacks, things of that nature, nothing left or found in the trailer except what I'd witnessed with my own eyes which I explained on one of the previous episodes with uh, Alex Whitcomb on Ales and Tales which uh, we got to get to recording a, a new episode of Ales and Tales soon so stay tuned for that but uh, about a month ago inside this trailer from floating either through or around the side of the television that is uh, above the bed, uh, just a flat-screen television, came this grayish-blackish orb that was about six inches in diameter. And it took its time and floated right in front of my face, maybe two feet away at the most. And I just utterly gasped. <laughs> And uh, I think I yelled, do you see that? And uh, the thing floated right through the wall. And it, it was an incredible experience. Never seen anything like that. It wasn't illuminated. It looked organic. It looked like, um, it's hard to say, like a translucent, grayish, blackish, rhino skin looking orb. I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. But uh, then there was the element of the three different... 4K iPhones, uh, generation 5, 6, and 10, all recording inside this trailer of mine with these supposedly, you know, creepy dolls. And these phones, on three different occasions, three different phones, were all able to record for over 12 hours on, in, on internal memory. So 4K, very, you know, takes up a lot of memory. Uh, 64 gigabyte isn't a whole lot of memory to store on. And some of these uh, phones already had storage files on them. And so I would just uh, record, plug it in, stick it on a tripod, and come in the next morning and these things would, would still be recording and saving it onto the internal memory of the iPhone. So... That is not possible. 
I'm, I, I'm sure of it now. I mean, I've checked with too many people and it just, uh, it's, it's not possible. I think it was 30 frames per second was the frame rate. So if you're even a semi tech guy or, or, or have your own phone, when's the last time you're able to record for over 12 hours on your iPhone video? Now these again saved to the internal hard drive on three different phones, including an old iPhone five. Uh, you know the super tiny ones that were back only you know probably only like five years ago because they upgrade them so much. But anyway, what's the point of that? The point is that there seems to be strange electronic properties about um one of the sounds I recorded in this trailer recently was the sound of a static blanket covering the top of my recorder. It would float from the left side of the recorder because it's a stereo recorder, and it would float to the right side. And it was, it, it almost sounded like something crackling, you know. Um, it almost sounded like scratching, but there is this organic static quality I've never heard before. Again, an isolated place very close to the recorder, just very strange. Um, so things are happening here, um, you know, way more than I can explain, and I want to save it for another day. But the point is, is that these, the, the phenomena seem to have migrated along with me or adapted to this hotspot of some kind. So very interesting area, the Al Moon Altar. I'll, I'll try to, you know, be more diligent about recording this, like I have everything else and uh, who knows what I'll do with it all because there's way more than recordings and sound files coming out of this place as well. A lot of uh, interesting uh, video evidence and uh, testimonies from people on the property. Hey, that's, uh, that's what I have for you now. Again, the documentary of the Al Moon Lab uh, won't come out till 2021. We're going to start doing some crowdfunding because this is getting really interesting. Uh, done a lot of interviews all over Washington and Oregon. And uh, so there's going to be a Kickstarter campaign because we want to do something even deeper with this documentary. And it's not all specifically on this story. It is more encompassing about the stranger aspects of this subject matter and in particular the paranormal aspects of Sasquatch. So no working title for the name of the documentary. Um, I can tell you that uh, Brett Eichenberger and his wife Jill of Resonance Productions out of Portland are doing the whole thing, and that's pretty much what I have right now. We're going to be filming down there in Oregon again this fall, and uh, that might be our last little part of this. I'm not quite sure. But hey, I appreciate your voice. If you have uh, your own set of sounds or would just like to talk, don't forget to uh, check me out at strangebrowradio at gmail.com and shoot me a message. Anonymous if you, as anonymous as you like. And if you like what you heard, if you're curious about this story, because there's a lot more than just uh, me rambling about these sounds, uh, you can listen to this book. It's three bucks, man. It, uh, it, it's quite a wild ride of 15 years of, of research. And that, again, is $3. You can download it for 3 bucks, 
and then unsubscribe at patreon.com forward slash strange bow radio it's on soundcloud all you got to do is download it to your device and then unsubscribe if you like but man i got a lot of content on patreon.com then of course like many podcasts we're self-funded operations so why not go on and order yourself some merch at the merch store at strangebowradio.com hey it's getting cold out we got hoodies really kick-ass hoodies with uh, our pineal gland sasquatch on the back there and uh, some olive drab short sleeve shirts that would be great to put underneath it bumper stickers all that uh, is available for you and it helps out the show that's it for me it's uh, been a pleasure and we'll do this again maybe 30 episodes uh, in the future so stay tuned for more on the uh, Al Moon Lab and the Al Moon Altar y'all be safe and of course I will see you in the trees. I thought I'd sneak one more in here back to the Al Moon Lab. Now, again, with the parabolic microphone hooked up to the little Sony digital recorder in this abandoned apple orchard, we'd hear all sorts of stuff. And again, most of these sounds are in the book. But one of the sounds I'd like to play for you now involves what I believe is typical samurai type talk or chatter. Not of an individual, but I think, of a family unit. So I give to you, maybe never before played, the Al Moon Lab family. <laughs> 